Classic Rock 98.1, as we're joined by Stuart Bruce and Jennifer Crook. Jennifer is a folk musician doing a mini tour alongside Stuart in Canada with a show coming up in Stratford at the Revival House. Stuart Bruce is a renowned engineer, producer, musician, most known for engineering this song. He's also worked with artists like Yes, Duran Duran, Bob Marley, and many more. It is a pleasure to have you both here. And Stuart, you're both going to be at the Digital Creative Arts Center this Saturday for an awesome free event. What's going on? But yeah, no, um, we're just popping down there to uh, have a chat with, um, well, whoever turns up, really, uh, just to talk about uh, music and our careers in music and... um, really to sort of, you know, get a feel for what people are interested in locally here in the, in the centre and just to, you know, maybe connect with a few people on what they're doing and be interesting also hopefully to be able to hear what some of the people that actually have been recording there have actually been doing. And that's Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Digital Creative Arts Centre. And you're also, uh, you're talking at Fanshaw tomorrow. I'm talking at Fanshaw tomorrow, yeah. I've got a, an afternoon... Um, uh, lecture, I think at 3 p.m. or something. I'm in there. They're, yeah, and I'm talking to some students there. Yeah, at the uh, the MIA, the Music Industry Arts Program. Exactly. Yes, which is is very. It, I think there is a lot of similarities between one that I teach at in in the UK as well, in a, in a where where I we live in a very near a town called Bath, and I teach at a university there as well. And uh, it's uh, you know hopefully you know get to. Um, chat with some of the students as well, find out what's going on, and maybe even end up looking at some kind of an exchange program between the two universities. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be lovely, yeah. So, I guess, why don't I I start kind of with this question, because you've you've had a career that has spanned many years, and I'm curious how your passion for music, which you you can hear as you talk about, you know, listening to, you know, local independent, you know, London artists and, uh, and students, how has your passion like evolved for the industry over the years? I think for me, you know, I started out very early on um, uh, working in, in the field mostly of pop music through the 1980s, you know, uh, pop and some rock. And then I expanded out into lots of other fields of music as well. I, I, I got involved in world music, so I worked with artists from Japan, from, from Pakistan, from India, from, from uh, different countries in Africa. Um, and that led me more into the kind of acoustic world. Um, and so then I got very interested also in working with acoustic artists from the UK and from Canada as well. Um, and that's kind of how Jennifer and I have ended up here, actually, because, um, you know, we met Brent Jones, who I think you probably know, a local artist. And um, Brent invited us over. And uh, he's been over to work with us, um, particularly on, on, well, Jen should tell you about that, but on her album, because, you know, we're here actually to do some gigs as well uh, with Jennifer's music. And uh, and where are you playing, Jen? Because I, I didn't get that from, from Mario. Well, um, we're going to be playing at uh, the Revival House in Stratford on Wednesday the 27th, and it's called the Fall Equinox Elixir. Um, and that's with a, a lovely bunch of artists. So it's um, so we'll be playing. There's Barry James Payne and Stringbone, Maggie's Wake, Fiddle and Frets, and the 
aforementioned Brent Jones. Um, so that's 8 p.m. next Wednesday. And um, I've been asked to mention that you can get tickets from revivalhouse.com <laughs> and they're $25. And we're doing, uh, we're also playing in Thorndale. Um, we're at Purple Hill Country Hall. And there's a whole event going on all day there. And that one's on October the 1st. Um, so yeah, that's a a couple of, couple of things that we're doing and, uh, there there seems to be more adding to the list as, as we go along, but (laughs) those are the ones I have the details for. (laughs) And when you're, when you're doing the live show, do you try to make it sound like the studio version? Do you try to experiment, expand it? Like what's, what's your vibe on stage? It's really, I mean, (laughs) We actually recorded a lot of it live. We either live tracked it or, or, or recorded completely live with the band. So it's quite close to the album anyway. Um, obviously, we haven't brought the band this time. It's the two of us um, playing acoustically. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just about the songs. We do it pretty close to how it is on the album, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of the arrangement, the arrangement that we play just the two of us is very much what we're both playing on the record, but obviously without the rest of the band. But um, it's more intimate this way. And actually, mm. you know, for me, it's really, really about Jen's songs. It's about connecting with her songs because she's such a skillful songwriter. And so it doesn't matter how big the band is on stage. Uh, if you get that connection to the song, that's the thing that draws you in, and that's the thing that, that, that that's what you take away from the gig. That's the big takeaway. You know, it's the fact that you've connected really with these beautiful songs with wonderful lyrics and great melodies. All right, Jen. Now it's your turn to say something nice about Stuart. What what's it like? <laughs> what's it like oh, working I with mean, him in the studio? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, um, we just. It's it's like particularly at the beginning of working on the album, um, actually most of the way through, it, it it felt like we were really on the same page, kind of um, having the same thoughts about how to arrange things and how to how, how, um, like develop the music, and that's a brilliant feeling. Yeah, it's a real it's a real <laughs> collaborative work. You know, mm. um, as a producer, you know, sometimes when I work with an artist, they're kind of relying on me to pretty much develop everything in the way that I think is right. Um, but with Jen, it's really very different to that. We, we take a very, very collaborative approach to everything that we do. And um, I really enjoy that. It's actually, you know, I, I don't always want all the responsibility sitting on my shoulders anyway. You know? And uh, it's, it's really nice to be able to do that. But it's great when you think alike, you know. Yeah, and I, uh, but you know, also I really trusted Stuart with. I mean, he's got an amazing kind of back catalogue, and he hasn't actually mentioned all the famous people he's worked with, but it's it's a lot, and um, you know, but also it's it's he really, um, you know, every project is different, so it's really about what the particular record. Um, needs to to come across in the best best way it's not like working with someone who just puts their oh this is how i do production uh, you know and 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 uh it's really yeah we work from from the ground up really yeah. and, and develop it from there so that was a real joy yeah and also you know we have a laugh too 
<laughs> so, Stuart, uh, you mentioned that, you know, probably the collaboration between artists and, you know, producer is, is your favorite way to work. You know, Jen alluded, you worked with many of the uh, many of the famous people. Who who do you find was like was really fun to work with on that kind of a collaboration? I think some of the biggest fun that I had, I mean, I would go back. Actually, I would almost go back to the 1980s. Um, if, I, if I'm going to think of an artist where um, we spent as much time laughing as we did recording, would have been with a, an old friend of mine, a guy called Nick Kershaw, who was a very famous English pop star in the 1980s. Um, yeah, I bought his record when I was like 13. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we would just... You know, we would we we spent a long time working on a particular one particular album, but you know, we fell about laughing most of the time. Most mostly because I think we always brought together a crew of um, of musicians and other people, other technicians and people as well around us who um, we knew would get on, and and that's also a very important thing when you're putting a, a project together is to make sure that you've got the right people, and sometimes the right people are not always the most perfect for the task that you're asking them for, but there's certainly people that can get on with the other people in the room. Um, creating a good vibe is the best thing to make great music. Yeah. Very important. And you mentioned that, you know, some artists kind of dump the whole load on you. Does it work in reverse? Like, have you worked with uh, a perfectionist who really didn't want your input, just wanted your, your studio and you to do what they wanted them to do? Was there somebody like that? Yeah, there are there are some people that will they're very directive. But you see, the thing is, I have a couple of skill sets. Um, I'm a I'm a musician, I'm a recording engineer, and I'm a record producer. And those three things, you can put those three things together, or you can take them individually. And for me personally, if I'm working with someone who really has a very definite direction of where they want to go and how they want it to sound and how they want it to be. If that's something as a recording engineer that I can do for them, then that's exciting in itself. So there's no question for me around, oh, my ego is bruised because they don't want my ideas because I get enough enjoyment from just doing the engineering side of things, which is a pretty complex task in itself. Um, that I can just follow someone's lead. Now, Jen, uh, I'm obviously the number one place that you enjoy playing will be Stratford, uh, which is coming up. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but when you're on tour, where are some like where has been like your favorite place to visit? Again, after Stratford, <laughs> that was clearly number one. As we get ready for that show, what's the date of that show again? That's at the Revival House. On Wednesday, the 27th. And how do you get tickets again? From yes. their website. That's right. All right, so Stratford, number one. What's number two? <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> okay, so, I mean, obviously, this is the first time I've ever played in Canada at all. So um, I can't mention anywhere else in, in Canada. But I've had some um, great gigs. I, one of the places I really enjoyed touring was Scotland. Um, which um, is just, you know, really beautiful place. And um, it did, and it was actually quite small venues, but it was just the people that were brilliant. And it was just one of those lovely tours. 
Um, where else can I mention? Um, Stuart was just talking about the Albert Hall, the Royal Albert Hall, um, but that was a session work. That wasn't my own stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, yeah. yeah. I, I played in a band called Snow Patrol, um, and uh, and but those, yeah, those were some pretty pretty big gigs, and uh, that's very exciting. But ultimately, what really I find the most sort of satisfying is where I'm sharing my own songs and connecting with audiences on a more more intimate level. That's really um, where I find the most kind of, the most joy, really. It's just that connection. So, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, where I come from, Bath, we've, we've got a wonderful venue called the Chapel Arts Centre, and it's always a pleasure to play there. Um, but that's, that's my hometown. And, um, yeah, so... But really looking forward to playing in Stratford. Um, um, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. And uh, mm. Stuart's worked with uh, Lorena McKennett, who comes from there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, first time you'll be visiting her yeah. town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the very first time I'll be visiting Lorena's town. I've done about five albums with her. Yeah. And, um, never managed to make it to Stratford yet, so. This is, this well, is, uh, yeah. It's a very exciting moment. I think the first time I go to Stratford, I'm actually going to be playing. <laughs> it's, well, it's a great town, and I know you're already drinking uh, a high-quality ginger ale, yeah. uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, suggest that you check out the uh, Rio Thompson candies while Rio you're there. Rio Thompson candies. Okay. Right. Well, that's, okay. that's going on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, when people find out you're going to Stratford, I won't be the only one who's telling you to go there. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Stuart, I, uh, I, I, and and Jen, I really appreciate all your time, and I, I can't let you go, Stuart, without you kind of sharing the story of uh, of Do They Know It's Christmas? That's kind of the uh, the record that uh, brought you uh, kind of your name into the mainstream. So, what was um, what was recording that like? That was it was a very um, unusual session, as you can probably imagine. Um, and it was funny, actually, because I was doing an interview um, with... Um, I interview other record producers for a website called uh, recordproduction.com, and I was doing an interview with a guy called Hef Marais, who I'd totally forgotten was my assistant. It was his first ever session was doing that record. And so it's very fresh in my mind recently that, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things where it got booked in studio owner said to all the staff who wants to do this thing for free and of course everybody went no i don't want to do that and i went oh i'll do it it's all right it sounds interesting you know and um then only really found out what the cause was afterwards you know as we got closer to the session and then it was mayhem it was absolute mayhem i mean we were expecting 20 people to turn up um we ended up with 40 artists turning up on the day um, we had a studio full of people. Fortunately, it was a very big recording studio. Um, the lounge area was so packed out, you couldn't even move through it. 70 members of the press, there were people pointing cameras and microphones at you wherever you walked. Um, and we did the whole thing in a day. Uh, we did the last recording of a vocal, which was Boy George, at about 11 o'clock at night, because he'd flown back in from New York specially to be there to do it. He just got to the studio straight from the airport. 
Um, and then we mixed it. I mixed it overnight. And then I got in a taxi first thing in the morning and drove to the mastering studio to get it put onto a vinyl disc so that people could actually get it to the factory and get it out and get people buying it. And so it was a, you know, it was a very unusual day. Was that a day with uh, more laughs or tears? What was the uh, what was the energy in the studio? I, I mean, the energy in the studio was joy, really. I mean, it was joy. It was it was very hard work. I mean, I can remember for the entire evening, for the entire day. Phil Collins was sitting on the sofa behind me. And every time someone would finish a vocal, he would jump up in the air and go, drums! And we go, later! And he'd sit down and he was constantly messing around at the back behind us, making everybody laugh. But there were 30 people in the control room, and it's a control room designed for 10 people. And there were 30 people in there. You couldn't move. To get from one end of the mixing desk to the other, I had to elbow people out of the way. Um, and... It was just one of those days, you know, there was obviously the Duran guys were there and I knew them quite well because I'd done a single with them the year before. Um, and um, I have to say, Simon Le Bon was delightful because he kept looking at me and going, have you eaten yet? <laughs> um, and going downstairs and getting me sandwiches and cups of tea. Um, yeah, just busy, busy, busy and crazy and fun. You know, getting to 10 o'clock at night and realizing that you really needed to go to the bathroom because you hadn't been all day. Because you just had at the time. It was too busy. This was 1984? Yeah. I think it was. And, I'm, I, and, and so I'm a little bit younger than Stuart, eight years younger, something like that. Yeah. And so I was like 13 at the time, and it was every single pop star, I mean, that, that, that you love, you know, at that age. Mm involved in it and it was it was a really big deal and I was one of those people that went out and bought the single um and uh yeah it was it was a really big thing mm. yeah yeah it's 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 it is you know and it's a very special moment I think for me it's the it was a moment where people said actually we can make a difference you know we can do something and because music has that power Music has the power to change people's minds. I mean, you can only, you, you know, you you go back through, um, through, back into the 40s even, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Music's always been something where it's affected people and it's informed people as to how things can change maybe for the, well, hopefully for the better. And um, that's something that I really passionately believe in. And I hope that music continues to do that because we live in a very fractured world these days. And I think music is one of those things that can bring us together. I think that's a, a great place for us to end, and uh, people will be able to hear hear that and, and come together this Saturday at the uh, Digital Creative Arts Centre. Uh, Stuart, Jen, thank you both so much. Thank, thank you, Dan. It's lovely to talk to you. And, yes. uh, and uh, thank you to everyone that's listening. Yeah, hope to see you all soon. Yeah, thanks.